ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Wednesday, May 5th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer made pure. Coming up today on the program, we're going to have some fun. High school basketball is underway in the state of West Virginia. The state tournament this week for the boys going on. The Charleston Civic Center, the Coliseum. Tim Stevens will join us from the Herald-Dispatch. We're going to preview what's going to happen in Class 4A as number 6 Cabell Midland will face off against number 3 Martinsburg tomorrow, 9.30 in the morning, and then... The late game, 9 o'clock Thursday night, will feature the four-seed Huntington taking on the five-seed University. So, we'll see all of that action tomorrow. Tim's going to talk to us about it. He's been covering high school basketball, of course, for the Herald-Dispatch, so he'll be with us here in the next few minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the tournament. And, of course, later on, we're going to preview Marshall soccer. I thought the best guy to help me do that will be Jake Griffith. And we all realized how bad we missed Jake when we were watching Marshall in action, soccer team taking on Fordham. We watched the video stream and thought, okay, these guys aren't very good. I've never said that before. It was kind of rough. I really hate criticizing commentators. It's a very hard job. I don't like doing it. But, boy, you missed the hometown guy, right? So Jake's going to join us. He's been covering Marshall soccer all season long. He's been the one who's brought you a lot of the action on the streaming services that Marshall provides. So he's going to tell us about the matchup. Taking on number one Clemson. So that's going to be coming up. And that stream is going to be free, by the way. you got the link over at HerdZone.com if you want to be able to follow along. So you have opportunities to uh, follow along with NCAA.com with their live stats. Of course, you can follow the Herd on Twitter, live stream. You can get that link over at HerdZone.com. So plenty of opportunities and plenty of ways for you to follow this one. But Jake's going to join us here in the next few minutes. So looking forward to having him on the show to talk Marshall soccer. And as I mentioned, your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Before we came in the studio and settled in and, and started to, to really get going with the show, Marshall sent out the release uh, from the volleyball side of things. And a new hire, well, not new in the sense of fresh to the team, but Charlie French is going to be a full-time assistant. French was a volunteer assistant with the Herd in December of 2020, And so now the availability was there, French moving up to being a full-time assistant. So congratulations to Charlie French. And uh, this is what French said in the release. I'm very excited to have the opportunity to continue working with Marshall Volleyball. I had an amazing experience as a volunteer coach in the spring. I've enjoyed working with Ari and the girls as well as the administration and the community. 
Ari has a vision that I believe is one of the best, and we share a lot of the same values when it comes to character building and culture. I can't wait to continue learning something new from her each day. There is a special culture and history at Marshall, and I'm very thankful to be a part of it. So that is uh, from the release came out just a few minutes ago. This is what Coach Agnes said. Charlie joined my staff in the winter as a volunteer and quickly proved herself through her commitment to the program and work ethic. She brings a wealth of winning experience from the international and collegiate level, which will help Marshall Volleyball continue to excel to excel on the court, maintain our accolades in the classroom, and find new and creative ways to give back to the community. Charlie is a perfect fit for this program, and I'm so excited to have her officially in this new role. So we'll talk more about her as the seasons realign themselves. And, of course, we'll try to get her on here in the program real soon so we can talk to her a little bit more directly. But she has been elevated now to full-time assistant coach. So, again, congratulations to her. All right, I want to talk to Tim Stevens. So I'm going to go ahead and hit our break early. I want to talk to Tim. We got basketball to get into. And then after I talk to Tim, I'm going to talk to Jake because we got soccer to get into. And I want to get your thoughts What's going on with you today? On Twitter, at Paul Swan. I want to get what's going on with you. Tell me about it. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on here as far as your thoughts. You can do so on social media, and I'll read them all. I promise. I'll look at every single one of them. When we continue, Tim Stevens joins me. He's my guest to talk Marshall. Well, you know, we'll talk a little Marshall with him, but primarily we're going to talk, of course, high school basketball. That's all coming up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. High school basketball action taking place in Charleston this week. And 4A, the newly formed 4A, we've got several matchups of interest. Number three, Martinsburg will take on number six, Cabell Midland, Thursday morning, 9.30 in the morning. And then number four, Huntington takes on number five, University, and that's Thursday night at 9 p.m. And in a rare Wednesday appearance, I can never get this guy on a Wednesday. It's almost impossible. Tim Stevens from the Herald-Dispatch, of course, he'll be covering all of the high school basketball action you can care to read uh, this week as much as he possibly can write for HD Media, and he joins me now on the program. First of all, again, rare to get you on a Wednesday. It's very difficult. This is your busy day. It is uh, It is a busy day, but it's a pleasure to be here. I, I, of course, a lot of you know, I'm, in addition to being a sports writer, I'm also a youth pastor, and I teach youth group on Wednesday nights, so... so uh, it can it can get a little bit uh, a little bit hairy, but I'm glad we, that you could uh, could get me on the air today, and then I could do it because it's always a lot of fun. I appreciate you, I really do. Um, I'm kind of curious. Well, what are you, what are you teaching uh, tonight? I'm just I'm being nosy now. <laughs> That's all right. We're teaching those, right now. We're we're teaching the younger group on how to read the Bible, how to look up this, and how to look up that, and that kind of stuff. And the, some of the older kids were teaching tonight out of the book of Ezekiel about um, how God brought uh, dry bones together into uh, into an army. So that should that should hold their attention a little bit, I think. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, <laughs> I, I want I, I need to attend one time. I just want to. I don't think I've ever been in the room when you've taught, so I want to be in the room one time for that. Oh man, come on ahead! I'd love to have you. That'd okay. be great. That'd I might be, do it sometime. That'd be super. 
Yeah, we'll have You're to. You're welcome anytime. We'll have to plan. Well, I have to plan to do that. But you know, I don't want to derail you here because uh, you've got that coming up tonight. And uh, how much action are you going to be able to see this week in Charleston between uh, everything you do and everything you do? <laughs> a lot, a lot. I'll be up there tomorrow and probably each of the each day after that, uh, especially as long as uh, Huntington High and or Cabell Midland are are alive. Those are the two main teams that we cover in the tournament but we also as a as hd media members and you know grant grant trailer right now is covering winfield um you know so we will we'll cover some other games too but, but midland and huntington high are are two biggies i'll be up there for those yeah winfield gets that upset win over fairmount senior 49 45 so that's a big win and of course you're right grant was covering that uh you got the 4A action. I'm calling it 4A. Lonnie Lucas said it's 4A. That's what he calls it. That's what I'm calling it. And I dare anyone to argue. I'm with you. It's 4A. Nah, I don't need any of this quad stuff or any of that. You know, Let's make it what it is. It's 4A. I'm with you. All right. Let's talk about Martinsburg and Cabell Midland. Uh, this is coming up 9.30 a.m. I know you're covering it because that's 9.30 a.m. That's, that's too early for some. <laughs> so I know that's you that's working that game. Uh, number three, Martinsburg. I mean, Martinsburg, a, a good program uh, as um, top to bottom athletically. They're a solid program all the time. Football, of course, what they're better known for. Uh, this isn't going to be easy for either team. Cabell Midland, we've talked about them. They could win state. Is this a game that uh, they're going to have a chance to get past uh, Martinsburg, or is Martinsburg going to be too good for them? What do you think? Oh, I really like Midland's chances in this one. I do. Uh, I think Pebble Midland might have gotten the best, you know, the best draw of the bunch in in the field. They, uh, you know, that's a good basketball team. Six was too low a seed for them. It really was. You look at their losses. They lost once to GW by three points on the road early in the season. Lost twice to a very good Huntington High team, which they also beat once. And then they lost to Parkersburg when they had two starters out. Uh, in the rematch with Parkersburg in the MSAC tournament, they beat Parkersburg by 29. So this this is a really good basketball team. Um, and I like their chances against Martinsburg. I think they can definitely win that game. Uh, Martinsburg's very athletic. Uh, you know, they they always have athletes in every sport. And, and it's no different than basketball. But Midland's a, a strong, strong basketball team. I, I'm, you know, if I go out on a limb, I'm taking the Knights in that one. In, uh, in what will be considered an upset. The other game, are you working both? Because that's a long day for you if you are. Nine o'clock that night, Huntington takes on University. I know more about Huntington than I do University, so I'm going to lean on you a little bit more. Now, what can you tell us about this matchup? Uh, long days are no big deal. It's uh, you know it's a lot of fun. I get paid to watch basketball, so I won't complain too much. Uh, you know, no matter what. And Grant's going to be there too, so we'll split it up. We'll split it up pretty good. Um, Huntington High University is a good matchup. Those are two really similar teams. Uh, big, long, athletic guys there. Uh, University is actually bigger than Huntington High. They have you know, 6'7", a couple of 6'5", a 6'6", and uh, off the bench a 6'4". So yeah, they, they, have, they have a size advantage. Huntington High, though, with Eli Archer at 6'5", and Amari Smith at 6'5", and they're both really terrific athletes. Uh, that could be that could be a handful for university too because Huntington High's big guys are more than just tall. Yeah, they can they can really play. Um, university is a good basketball team. 
they and Huntington High had, had two uh, common opponents. Uh, Parkersburg South University beat uh, 60 to 43 at home. Huntington High beat South 63-47 at a neutral site, West Virginia State. Uh, Woodrow Wilson Huntington High beat 75-69 in Beckley, and University beat uh, beat Woodrow 83 to 62 in Beckley. So, so you had two common opponents and kind of similar scores, and so this should be a good matchup. Um, but uh, Huntington High is re- just really, really well coached. You know, Ty Holmes and and all his assistants are really good coaches. Those guys could be head coaches, you know, at a lot of places. So, so I like the Highlanders in that matchup, but that should be a really good game. Looking at the bracket, who are you picking for the championship game? You know, I always want to say Huntington is a team you got to watch out for. You've got me sold on Cabell Midland. They are a solid team. They could maybe make that run. But you look at this field – there's a reason why it's 4A is because we've got the biggest schools going after each other now, and they're pretty good top to bottom. So where do you find a winner in this tournament? Oh, goodness. I'm going to make it just like the girls' tournament, a Huntington High Campbell Midland uh, final. Uh, that would be a whole lot of fun. You know, that that hasn't happened a whole lot of times where you've had uh, – uh, somebody uh, win a state championship in boys and girls if Huntington High could pull this off. I think that's only happened eight times in, in the history of the state and, and just once in AAA where Capital did it. I think it was 2001 maybe, uh, Capital Boys and Girls won. Um, you know, I'll go with Huntington High and Capital Midland in a, in a rematch in the finals. But, but I tell you, the, you know, the field, unlike the girls' field, in the girls it was going to be either Huntington High, Midland, or George Washington was going to win that day. You know, those three teams out of the eight, one of those three were going to win it. In the boys' field, you know, it could be, I think, probably any of the top seven, or top six, maybe, uh, have a real shot at it. Uh, Morgantown is number one, and they're very good. Uh, but Huntington High, on a night, when, they're, when they're playing well, they're the best team in the field. Uh, Cabell Midland, of course, has beaten Huntington High once. So you know, they're, they're quite capable of upsetting us. Well, I'm going to go HHS and, uh, and Cabell Midland in the finals. All right, Tim. In 2017, let me refresh you. And I, I remember this only because I talked to Lonnie Lucas. So, 2017, Huntington High wins a championship in boys and girls yeah. basketball. Oh, that's right. That was AAA, too. That's right. Yep. Good point. Good point. And, and those were those were really good teams too, and a lot of fun to watch. So good, yeah, excellent point. Thank you. The um, the girls tennis team, of course, at Huntington High, laughing at everyone since they have won more championships than uh, everyone else. Uh, I mean, co- collectively, yeah, collectively, um, the other school, uh, the other teams have won more. But if you go just by team alone, you know, team versus team. Uh, girls tennis has won, uh, I think, what nine to ten? Yeah, so they they've won a lot. Yeah, they've done very well. If you drive up the hill there, they have a whole lot of uh, signs on those posts as you uh, as you go up around the big curve up the up to the top of the mountain. So they've uh, they've done very well, and they deserve uh, deserve the accolades that they get. What makes basketball in this region so good? We're talking about Huntington High and Cabell Midland, both on the girls' side playing for a championship where Huntington won that and the potential of a boys' matchup, an all-Cabell County final, and the state championship 4A. Again, if that happens, you you got to look at just the talent in this area. What is making basketball such a 
a hotbed. Why, why is this area such a hotbed for basketball? And you could go beyond Huntington High and Campbell Midland, but the talent just seems to be really good as of late. It really is. It's a lot of a lot of strong teams in this area. Spring Valley has been good through the last you know several years, and and, and a lot of Huntington St. Joe girls obviously. Um, they were very good, and the St. Joe boys won a state championship here uh, three or four years ago. And, uh, you, you've got you know, Huntington, so we've been a good basketball town. You know, East was good, Huntington High was good. Uh, uh, you know, Barbersville won a state championship, and Milton had some great teams. Uh, you know, it's a, a large population center as far as the state goes. Uh, Huntington and Charleston are the two large population centers. Uh, you have, you know, kids who who can afford to go to camp. Honestly, they can afford to go to camps and improve their game. Um, you, you see a lot of those those players who do that, and kids who who play all the time. You know, it's it's nothing to see. Uh, you, you drive around, and you don't see a whole lot of pickup basketball anymore. You drive around Huntington, and you'll see that. You'll see kids playing basketball. Uh, you know, out on the street or out at the AD Lewis Center or wherever it happens to be, they play a lot of basketball, and that shows up come come uh, high school. High school season come tournament time. Tim Steve is joining me. He's from the Herald Dispatch, HD Media. He's going to be covering the state tournament along with Grant Trailer and, of course, the, the fine staff of HD Media all over this tournament this week. I had Lonnie Lucas on yesterday, as I mentioned earlier, and I, I still need to wrap my head around this, Tim. Maybe you can help me. Lonnie mentioned to me, he said, I didn't tell anybody that when – we beat Martinsburg when we played Martinsburg and won. That was my 900th. And the game against Cabell Midland was 902. Talking, I believe he's talking victories here because I've, I've, he, he mentioned he's had a couple hundred losses. So 902 victories, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And the funny thing is he said, yeah, I, and I still haven't told anybody, which I told him. I said, yeah, Lonnie, you just told everybody now. Um, did you know that? And how how amazing is that? And I'm, I know he didn't do it just with girls. He's, you know, he's coached boys as well. But still, 902 victories? That, that's a gang of wins. That really is. Of course, Lonnie's been coaching 52 years. You know, he's won a lot of ball games. He has uh, you know, the boys at Huntington East he coached, and he's had the girls, you know, and now the girls at Huntington High. And, and he's, he's done a – He's done a heck of a job with him. There's been a, been a lot of talented players come through everywhere he's been, and he's gotten gotten the most out of them. So, so you got to take your hat off to somebody that's won 900, 900 high school basketball games. And you know, Lonnie loves it being out there. He loves, just loves uh, loves coaching. And I asked him the other night after the state tournament game, uh, are, you, "Are you coming back?" And I'll, I ask him that after every every uh, final game every year, and, and he says, if the girls will have me back, I'll, I'll come back. And the girls, you know, on the podium with him said, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll welcome them back for another season. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lonnie tries to make a run at a 1,000. You know, that's, that's tough to do. That really is. But I can see him doing it. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's seen just about everything you could see in this game. So he's, he's a fun guy. I like Lonnie a lot. Tim Stevens joining me on the program. He'll be covering Huntington High. The boys taking on a very tough university team. And, of course, Campbell Midland as well. They're in action tomorrow morning taking on Martinsburg. And, of course, you'll have coverage uh, throughout the day. HD Media, including the Herald-Dispatch, 
You know, do you get a break after this? Uh, you know, what's the Tim Stevens uh, vacation schedule look like after this week? Well, I'm not familiar with that word. What was that word you used? Va- 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 vacation. <laughs> vacation. Vacation. I don't, I don't know. That, that'll get squeezed in somewhere here in the summer, I'm sure. But but we come out of basketball, and then, then we're into the uh, the baseball and softball playoffs in Ohio and, and Kentucky. And by the time we get, get through them, we're into the baseball and softball playoffs and track as well in, in West Virginia. So... So we'll still have plenty to write about before, you know, the high school sports end and summer sports kick in and, you know, that kind of thing. So there's there's still a lot to be done. And we'll run down to Cincinnati for some Red Series occasionally. And, you know, there's always plenty to write about. We never never lack for something to to put in the paper. Tim Stevens, my guest, high school basketball. It's taking place in Class 4A tomorrow. Tim will be there bright and early, by the way, so you'll have to – You'll be there. What am I talking about? You'll be up at six a.m. You'll be you'll be there with plenty of time. You're you're gonna be you're an early riser. Uh, will Grant be there at, at nine thirty in the morning? Will Grant, Grant be there? Grant will be there. Okay, he, he said he will be there. So I look forward to it. Maybe we can uh, grab some breakfast or something together up there. So that'll that'll be fun. Always go early because you never know what you're going to run into traffic wise. You know, between here and Charleston, that can be uh, that can be. Uh, a great adventure. I'm going up there the other day, and there's a tractor trailer overturned on on one of the exits. So always go early. That you don't want to miss any of this tournament. No, you don't. Tim Stevens, my guest. Uh, give Grant my best. You guys both do uh, great work, and uh, appreciate you coming on today. And um, have fun tonight. You got the youth kids. You got the um, you got the lesson plan. And uh, you know we need to YouTube those so I can at least see that in action once. <laughs> we'll have to do that. We. We met for a while via Zoom when uh, when COVID had really kicked into gear. So maybe we can arrange something, and you're always welcome with us. I'd love to have you there. That'd be great. You might have to do that one day. We'll uh, we'll work it out. We'll uh, have your people get a hold of my people. We'll make that work. <laughs> you got a deal. I appreciate it, Tim. I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you, buddy, for doing this again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Paul. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Tim Stevens, HD Media, and the Herald Dispatch. When we continue, we're going to talk to Jake Griffith from Marshall Athletics. Uh, soccer coming up tomorrow. Big soccer match. The Thundering Herd taking on the top-seeded and top-ranked team in the country. Taking on Clemson. That's going to be a big match. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wednesday, May 5th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow, we're all going to be glued to uh, video streams, uh, Twitter, NCAA stats, any way we can to follow this. We've got pretty much the biggest soccer match going for the Thundering Herd. Marshall in action tomorrow, taking on Clemson. And joining me now to tell me more about this matchup, uh, his game notes for himself when he does the broadcast are obscene and the detail he puts into them. He's Jake Griffith. Um, he's also, a, if you might know him uh, by his uh, more... Um, pedestrian title, director of multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. Um, 
How are you, sir? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm good. I, I uh, I'm I'm kind of hanging on by by a thread here as far as you know, waiting for this match to get here. I I think a lot of people in Huntington are uh, are very excited to see what's going to go down uh, in Cary, North Carolina, tomorrow at 3 p.m. So, is it fair to say this is the biggest one of of all time? Marshall taking on number one Clemson in the NCAA tournament. This is the biggest match ever. You know. And I'm not going to put words in, in the coaching staff's mouth. This is just merely my opinion. Yes. But that's the crazy thing, crazy good thing about talking to a guy like Chris Grassy or having a guy like that as your coach. You know, I had a chance to catch up with Coach via Zoom. I've got a story coming out tomorrow afternoon, a video story on uh, the Herd Zone social media. And we just chatted. And, you know, I kind of asked him. I was like, you know, a lot of people are going to look at this on the outside and say, okay, you know, you're – playing the number one team in the country, you know, win, lose, or draw, it's great to do this, you know, yada, almost like a moral victory standpoint. And he rebutted and said, yeah, but, you know, we're the 10th team in the nation. You know, we deserve to be here as well. This is where we belong. And So I think they're kind of taking it as, it isn't going to sound super coach speaking of me, but I, they really are taking it as, as another match. You know, he did follow up and say Clemson, he referred to teams like Clemson as sort of the gatekeepers as far as, you know, to go where Marshall wants to go, they need to beat teams like Clemson. Clemson has two national championships. You know, a team like Georgetown, who's in the bottom part of Marshall's bracket. You got to beat teams like that if you want to end up being a national champion or be a national power like Coach Grassy wants to be. But as far as, you know, hyping it up and, you know, this is the biggest thing we've ever done, on the outside, a lot of us are, but internally, they're like, hey, you know, one match at a time, every match is important. You know, a lot of people in that Monday press conference Grassy had on Zoom after Selection Monday, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, you could potentially match up with, with Clemson. And he was very quick to say, hey, yes, but we have to play Fordham first. And so he really does take everything a mat, one match at a time. You know, in the back of his mind, he does have that bigger picture view. But when it comes to the in-season, sort of that minutia, he, he really preaches Hey, it's just one match at a time. You know, no, no more importance on this one than the last one. How, how much of a chip on their shoulder do they have? Would you think? Because they're the tenth team. They're number ten as far as yeah you know, the rankings are concerned. But it feels like they got the toughest draw of all the conference USA teams. Uh, do they have a huge chip on their shoulder? Moderate chip? don't care, put whatever team you can find in front of us and we'll play? What's the attitude going into this? It's more kind of just like, you know, we, we saw Zach Wilson in BYU. That, he wore that headband at any time, any place, any team. It's sort of like that. I don't want to say there's not a chip on their shoulder because I think individually they all have a reason or another to want to prove people wrong. You know, we obviously know the well-documented story about Pedro and, and why he always plays well in Charlotte. But I don't necessarily think it's like a team chip as far as, you know, hey, we've been snubbed in the rankings. Because you have to remember, a lot of these guys, there are very few domestic players on this Marshall roster. Most of them are internationals. And over there, they really don't do like a ranking system for their teams. It's sort of just your record, your point total, you know, what you do on the pitch qualifies you for X, Y, and Z. And so I think it's more along the lines of they want to be history makers. You know, Coach Graffey, uh, has always preached, you know, from day one that he got here, hey, my goal, our goal is we want to win a national championship. It's a lot it's along the lines of what Mayor Steve Williams always says, make no little plans, right? 
Coach Grassy has made no bones about coming in and saying, Marshall Soccer was not a national contender when I got here. They were lucky to make the Conference USA tournament. And now you look, after four, we're, here we are, you know, three-fourths of the way through his fourth season, and they have gone back to the round of 16. And a chance to, if they knock off, and again, this is my opinion, if they knock off Clemson tomorrow, I firmly believe Marshall now becomes one of the favorites to win the national championship. If not, it, it, at least go to the College Cup, which is college soccer's version of the Final Four. If they beat Clemson tomorrow, I have no question that Marshall will end up in the College Cup. That's where you want to be. I mean, you look at Clemson's game notes. Uh, they put them right there for everyone to see. Two national championships, eight college cups, 42 All-Americans, 15 ACC championships, 2020 ACC tournament champions. They put it all out there, and that's what Marshall wants to eventually look like. National championship, it's college true. cups, they want all of that. They really do. I mean, that that's where their sights are set. And that sort of plays back into what I was saying earlier about, you know, just one match at a time. You know, you, you don't, you obviously want to look ahead a little bit and say, this is the goal, but to get there, you have to take it one match at a time. And that's really what coach Grassy, coach Ivanovich, what's this whole staff they preach, you know, and, and you rattled off all those numbers about Clemson. And, and again, that goes back to what coach Grassy was saying when I talked to him earlier this week, you know, Clemson is one of those teams that if you want to establish yourself as a national power, you have to beat a team like Clemson. I mean, they'll be making their 27th appearance in the round of 16. I mean, just think about that. You know, people, a lot of Marshall fans around here, they get excited because this is Marshall's second. Imagine a team like Clemson. I mean, they have two stars sewn on their kit to signify two national championships. That's where Marshall wants to be one day. They want to have a star on their kit. I mean, you know, we talked about this last year leading up to the Akron match, which Marshall ultimately won. Akron were the national runners-up. You know, and I asked Coach Grassy then, I was like, you know, hey, you, you beat this team. Is, is, what does this say about your team? And he's like, that means we're, we're on the right path. He, he hasn't been wrong. He hasn't been wrong since. I mean, they've continued to be on the right path. Let's talk about Clemson. What makes this version of Clemson soccer so formidable? Why are they the number one team? You know, I think a good example of it was their match against American. You know, they go down early. There was that first fourth-minute goal from David Coley for American. And, you know, that's an early goal to concede right there. A lot of teams mentally, that would start to break them a little bit. But you saw in that Clemson match how quickly they were able to flip the switch. And, sure, a lot of people on social media kind of felt like the penalty kick was, was a little here or there. You know, whatever. But it, it counted. They took advantage of it. And that's really what Clemson does, is they make you pay for little, minute mistakes. In my opinion, you know, they took the number one overall ranking back from Pitt at the end of the regular season when they beat Pitt in the NCAA uh, qualifier match that they had. And Pitt fell to four. They sort of flip-flopped. But honestly, I felt like that Clemson really never should have relinquished that number one overall spot in the top 25 all year long because they have been dominant time and time again. And, and this is going to be a match of – it's going to be a clash of style. You know, we see Marshall – they sort of like to they, – they attack a lot, right? They've got a good counterattack. They attack, they attack. They sort of try to keep that pressure up. It sort of builds, builds, builds until the damn burst. Clemson is more of a deliberate team, but I think, and I think that's what makes it most impressive is that they play sort of a deliberate style, but they're still so dominant. A lot of times in soccer you see teams that are deliberate. They're not as 
consistently dominant because at some point, if you kind of play a little back, you're going to give some space to the other guy and he's going to make you pay. Clemson does not do that. Very rarely do they give you any space. I mean, they suffocate you. And they have a great goalkeeper. He ranks fifth in the NCAA in saves per match this year. I mean, Clemson, they are the real deal. I mean, this is by no means is this going to be an easy battle for Marshall. Do I think they can do it? Yes, I do. Because if Marshall plays for 90 full minutes, I look at the Charlotte match. Marshall played for 90 full minutes, and they came out as the aggressors. They had their backs against the wall. They needed to win that match to really secure their spot in the NCAA tournament, and that's what they did. They came out, Charlotte kind of played back a little bit, and Marshall took advantage of that. I think if Marshall plays a full 90 minutes, I think they can beat Clemson. I'm not going to make any guarantees, but I think they can do it. It's just a matter of, and Coach Grassy hinted at this after the Fordham win, you saw at the beginning of that Fordham match, they sort of eased into it, is the way Grassy put it after the match. They sort of kind of felt their way through, you know, uh, tried to gauge how Fordham was going to play. If they come out and play full 90 minutes, it, it'll be tough to beat them. They're, they're one of the best teams in the nation when they play a full 90 minutes. Joining us on the program, he is the director of multimedia for Marshall University, but he does so much. I don't think that title really encompasses everything he does. Jay Griffith, he, of course, calls many of the Marshall matches you see on the various streaming platforms. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to call this one. But hopefully in the near future when Marshall starts winning in the NCAA tournament and wins conference championships on a yearly basis, we'll get to see you yearly do this thing. Um, is it fair to say this has been probably the the most fun you've had Um covering a team I know you cover a lot of the herd teams but uh, coach Huff even said that the right now the soccer team is probably the best team on Marshall's campus I mean when he was speaking last week to the board of governors and you know he even recognizes what a special team this is and how good it is and um, I don't know if people realized this is where the team could be going uh, several years ago when that facility was built that was the aspiration you know, Marshall men's soccer is, is the hottest ticket in town right now. And, you know, I have a lot of fun covering them. But, you know, and I always – I love covering the men's soccer team. They're fantastic. But I always also kind of have one eye to the future of teams that could sort of be on the up and up. And, and you know, we look at men's basketball. Yes, does, does the men's basketball team lose a couple players to the transfer portal? Sure. They have Tavion Kins. Andrew Taylor comes back. I mean, they could be potentially in – in a similar situation, the, the thing I always tell people about like collegiate soccer is, you know, uh, and we, we know about this in the media, the landscape between like college basketball and college football and college and other college sports is, is vastly different. And a lot of that is, is due to, you know, the college football playoff, for example, in, in college football. You know, we, we pretty much, unfortunately, have a general idea of the four teams they're going to be in the college football playoff this coming year already, and they haven't even played a game. You know, college basketball, they have a 68-team tournament. So, in theory, if you qualify for it, you have one sixty-eighth of a shot of winning the national championship. In, co- in collegiate men's soccer, it's more pared down than that. You know, I mean, Marshall's first match was in the round of 32. And then after they won that, half the field is gone right there. And so, you know, in the different sports, there are different – the landscapes are just different. That's the easiest way I can put it. And so, you know, Marshall fans, it sort of it sort of behooves them, I guess, to 
sort of hitch their wagon also to men's soccer in, in addition to, you know, softball and baseball and football and men's and women's basketball. Because Marshall, as we've just talked about this entire call, Marshall men's soccer has a legitimate chance at winning a national championship this year and in the future. And I'm not sure that, you know, obviously the, the football team won the one double A national championship. But like you said, I'm not sure a lot of people saw the, this in the future after they built that soccer facility. Jay Griffith joins me. The men in action taking on Clemson. Now, tickets are probably already sold out the allotment you had. You mentioned it was a hot ticket. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can give us any insight, but I'm sure those tickets were uh, snapped up quick when they went on sale for the uh, limited availability you had. Uh, the next best way to watch this, you can go to Herd Zone and you can stream it. There's a link there in the story. This is going to be fun, man. Uh, I, I don't think um, I don't think too many people are going to be getting much work done tomorrow. Uh, we're all going to be in our offices and our cubicles and wherever we work. We're going to be at our desk watching this thing. I think productivity ends in Huntington tomorrow around <laughs> three o'clock. Well, that's the one thing that I'm glad that I work in sports because I can sort of justify saying, "Hey, you know, watching this is part of my job," and really it is. You know, I. I was glued to my computer screen and I was able to get Vimeo up on my Roku stick as well on my TV. But I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a fantastic matchup. You know, the, I think, I don't really think my words can properly convey the confidence that surrounds the men's soccer team heading into this match, not just this NCAA tournament, but you know, like, you know, one of the questions you asked me was, did, did they feel like they sort of got, you know, screwed on, on the draw? And, and really they don't, they don't care. I mean, they are, they feel as though they are one of the best teams in the nation, and they are. I mean, that's the reason why they've been as high as you know eighth and ninth this year. They are one of the ten best teams in the nation. So I tell everybody when I talk about men's, Marshall men's soccer, you know, when you think of the ten teams that could win the national championship this year, you know, you can rattle through the Georgetowns and the Indianas and the Clemsons and you know the Washingtons, but you also have to include Marshall. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to be tuned in to this match tomorrow. And I know I'm excited. I mean, like, I almost feel like I'm playing it, and I'm not. I mean, like, it just, I'm that excited. And, and it helps because, you know, they're all, they're all fantastic guys, too. You know, the, the lads, they're all awesome. I mean, they, they, most of them, in fact, 98% of them aren't even from America, much less the state of West Virginia. And they love Huntington so much, and they love Marshall, and they love representing, and they love wearing the vertical green and white. I, you know, it's they're gonna. I think that they're gonna surprise a lot of people tomorrow. Like I said, I'm not gonna make any guarantees about the final score, but I just think the way that they they feel about themselves is going to take them uh, into a good spot tomorrow. You know, and like I said, do not be surprised if Marshall walks away victorious. If Clemson walks away victorious, well, they're the number one overall seed. But if Marshall walks away victorious, that's by no means a huge upset. I mean, Marshall is the real deal as well. My guest, the TV stream voice, I don't know what title I'm going to give you. Uh, you see him on many of the broadcasts. He handles a lot of them. The, uh, the things you see visually for the Thundering Herd, he's Jake Griffith, and he's also a St. Louis Blues hockey fan. He is a, that I am. Okay, so um, I got a big question for you here. All right, I got him. You know, I've got maybe a 20, 30-point lead here in fantasy hockey, you know, the championship Ooh. match. Um, and I got Tory Krug on my team. He's still out. 
I mean, am I sitting on him here for the um, am I sitting on him here for the seventh and the eighth? Am I holding on to him or am I letting him go? What do I, what do, I do? You know, that's such a tough question because I'm so. I mean, I literally have the St. Louis Arch tattooed on my left arm. Right. You know, I mean, so like I'm very biased. Obviously, if you walk into my office, three fourths of it are St. Louis, and the other fourth is Marvel. And then there's like a little bit Marshall. Um, but you know, um, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, for the sake of you winning your fantasy hockey league, I would probably, probably, I'd probably let him go. Okay. Can I roll with three defensemen? And pick up a goaltender tonight. What do you think? Actually, I don't. Yeah, because Morgan Riley is uh, not playing tonight. So I have John Carlson, and I've got uh, another Hammonegger I picked up for. Uh, yeah, from Washington, take on my beloved Rangers, which are imploding right now. So um, I'm, I mean, I, I'm I'm not taking. Yeah, I'm not taking the backup goalie for the Rangers. So I might have to look elsewhere. I mean, I'm not taking Gorgiev. You know, I've always been a big uh, since obviously since the Stanley Cup run, been a big Bennington guy. You okay. know? I mean, hey, if you can if you can scoop him, maybe. But you know, I'm also biased too because growing up, I played hockey, and I am I was a defenseman as well. So you know, I always think that's the most important position is load up on the defense. You know, I I feel like maybe one of these days I'd be a good football defensive coordinator the way I view things. But I mean, that's a possibility you know. here. I mean, this is some, this is some serious stuff here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is this is the championship, Jake. I mean, I'm You're right. I'm, I'm the reigning defending. I got, I got to win this thing here. Um, I can't lose. Uh, that's kind of my my shtick here. So I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it off air, possibly. You know, we'll uh, we'll go over these picks. We got we got an hour to go here. You know, this is a serious roster change. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. Well, hey, you know, go go Cardinals too. Yeah, you know, go go Cardinals. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this. This is uh, going to be fun tomorrow, and. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait to see what happens. I know one thing. I know what we're talking about tomorrow. Hopefully it's going to be a victory, but we're going to be talking herd soccer. Who, who would have thought that several years ago? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's been the last time Marshall played the number one team in the nation, according to the Marshall record book, was 2006. They played number one Tulsa, and they lost 1-0. Obviously that predates the Chris Grassy era you know, by somewhat of a considerable margin. But, hey, you know, Fast forward to, what would that be, 15, 16 years almost later, and now we're talking about Marshall legitimately being able to go toe-to-toe with the number one team in the nation. I mean, that's, that's, that's hats off to this coaching staff, hats off to these players, and you know, this is not going to be a flash-in-the-pan type success. This, this is here to stay, I believe. I'll talk to you soon, sir. Have a great one, and uh, we'll all be watching tomorrow. Unfortunately, it won't be you, but uh, I'm going to pretend it's you. I'm just going to... <laughs> I'm going to turn the volume down then. I don't know. but though, Thanks, sir. Appreciate you doing it. Hey, of course, Paul. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. Quick timeout. I mean quick. And we'll come back and wrap this one up here. ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. With Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping this one up today here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow, we hopefully will know the fate of the Cabell Midland Knights as they'll be in action tomorrow, bright and early. And of course, tomorrow it'll be Marshall taking on the number one seed and the top ranked team in the country. 
Clemson, and that is happening tomorrow. Soccer continues for the Thundering Herd. If Marshall can get the victory, that'll be, I think, a signature win for the ages, but still a lot of business to be taken care of. You can't just beat Clemson and walk your way to the championship. Still, that'll be a big win. And again, Marshall soccer right now, it's the hottest ticket in Huntington. It's the hottest ticket for Marshall athletics. Let's hope that this continues. I think Marshall has put together a, a really strong soccer program, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And hopefully the women's program can start to thrive as well. And let's be honest, Huntington loves a winner. Huntington loves a winner, so let's see if the soccer team can continue its winning. And that's going to be 3 o'clock tomorrow. Now, I do know this. If you can't watch the game where you're at, uh, I do understand that the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe is going to have a watch party there tomorrow. So if you are looking for a way to watch this and you don't necessarily have a way to watch it at your home or you want to go get a late lunch, do what you need to do. Go to the Hall of Fame Cafe. So uh, that's going to be big there tomorrow. So uh, check with them, see if there's any reservation or anything you need to know. I don't know all the details, but I do know there is a watch party there tomorrow at the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe. So soccer tomorrow. We'll have the results. Hopefully, uh, if we can get the result before we go off the air, we can hear either from Chris Grassy. Uh, on a uh, slightly delayed basis, or we'll try to get him in uh, live during his uh, Zoom call if uh, all goes well. That's going to do it for this edition. Tim Stevens from the Herald-Dispatch. I appreciate him for joining me on the program today. Also, Jake Griffith, Director of Multimedia for Marshall University Athletics. That young man does so much over at the university. So I I don't think that's an all-encompassing title for what he does, but I appreciate him for joining me today. That's it for today's edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.